Joseph with Claudio. What's going on guys? And Jacob. What it do? And today we're going to tackle a few things. We're going to briefly go over Luka Doncic's stint at the All-Star Weekend with the Rising Stars contest and the All-Star Game. We're going to go over Tim Hardaway Jr. We're going to do a little, little small deep dive into him as can he possibly be a third option for the Mavericks going forward. And how will the Mavericks fare for the rest of the season now that the All-Star break is over. It's kind of viewed as a halfway point in the season. And we're going to see where we think the Mavericks will end up at the end of the year and how they'll do possibly in the playoffs. So first, Lucas All-Star stats in the Rising Stars game. He scored 16 points, 2 rebounds, and 5 assists. And in the All-Star game, he scored 8 points, 1 rebound, 4 assists. Rising Stars, he got, I know, like a decent amount of play time, like 20-plus minutes. But in the All-Star game, he didn't really play that much because it's his first year. No real surprises here. He had some cool passes, had some cool points. You know, I think the biggest thing that people remember is the half-court shot with him and Trey Young smiling. Yeah, that was nice. yeah, yeah, that instantly went like viral of like, what, like oh it's Trey Young and Luka Doncic because everything they do now is linked because of the trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, we were talking about it before we started recording. We don't really have much to say. He did it. He was there, and he did good. That's really all there is to it. I mean, the fact that he just went is a success. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, no one really is going to care that in Luka's first game, he scored eight points. All they're going to care is at the end of his career is he participated in this many All-Star games. Yeah. Yeah, so let's get into the more discussion-based thing is about Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, So the first thing I want to just draw up his stats is this season, and I rounded up on these stats from Basketball Reference, 15 points per game, 3 rebounds, 2 assists per game. His field goal percentage is 43%, and his 3-point is 40%, which is really good. So, just general question, how do you all feel about Tim Hardaway Jr. this season? I think he's been a uh, nice surprise. Not surprised because I've kind of expected this. Um, the efficiency is kind of what surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still yet don't see him as a third option, to be honest. Yeah. I could see him as a great fourth option. Um but he's he's been nice. He's been playing that role. So, you know, especially with when Luca was out and also KP, he kind of stepped in and then put some crucial minutes. You know, when we were down. A yeah. Couple he can definitely go get you a bucket when you need one, but then he can also go get you an air ball when you don't need one. Yeah. Jagger, what do you think about Tim? I mean, I feel like he's. I don't think he's our third option because I feel like it just kind of is between him and uh, Seth. Because like sometimes Seth will go off. We've seen that as of late. Mm-hmm. As he's coming, as Seth is coming into his shell, but Tim is just like he's really good at home, and I I even think they've said it on the broadcast during the game. Like when Tim's dad's there, he just just goes off. Yeah, we actually. So one thing we want to do with this podcast is incorporate our Instagram page because that's where this is really our page has started to grow. So what we did is we screenshotted a few comments, and actually one of our comments mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. about his dad coming to the game. Alm two one seven was replying to a comment and said, I think I would like more consistency instead of just when his, uh, when his pop shows up, he goes off, which is what you were talking about, Jacob. When his dad's there, he balls out. Um, and then other things that y'all were saying on the Instagram page, let's see, MyView6 said, he's been playing well and we'll see in the playoffs. Because the thing with Tim Hardaway Jr. is he's been a 
really solid scorer. Well, he's been like a streaky, but everybody knows him as a scorer, mm -hmm. but it's only in the regular season. He has like no playoff experience except for like a stint with the Hawks when they had that team with like Kyle Korver, Damari Carroll, Paul, T, Millsap. Paul Millsap. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting to see how Tim Hardaway Jr. does in the, in the playoff series. Yeah, I feel like that's with any player though, is like how they actually play in the playoffs when minutes actually matter. Right. So, I mean, that's what we'll really see if he's worth the money that we'll hopefully pay him in the offseason coming. Yeah. But, I mean. Because he's about to be a free agent. Do y'all yeah. want to re-sign him? I, I wouldn't mean, pay him more than uh, 17. A year? Yeah. What is he making now, like 15 or 16? Pretty much the same, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd offer him 17, but, I mean, he'll probably definitely get 17. But I feel like they'd offer him 18. Like, I feel like he's going to get way more than probably what he's worth. Because we're not so. going to – because I think we're just going to have to pay him more because I don't think we're going to be able to truly sign anybody in free agency. So we're just going to try and get back the same team as we have this year. Yeah, so this year he's making um, $20 million a year. And then next year he um, – what is it, a player option or something like that? Uh, but he can make $18 million. Yeah, if I'm reading that right. But um, either way, yeah, 2020 player option. So he's probably going to opt into that player option and make almost $19 million next year. But if he opts out, that means he's expecting more. So right, exactly. Or he's expecting a longer contract. So he could, he which, could run down per year but just secure them more money overall? Right. That's where I think that he could actually have potential of really staying long-term with the Mavericks is maybe opting out of that, that deal signing maybe a three-year deal to where each year he makes $15 million mm -hmm. instead of next year making almost $19 because it's $18,975,000. That's pretty much $19 million. Um, he could opt out of that, sign a three-year deal to where he secures money for the long term. That's where I would per excuse me, personally like to see the Mavericks go because um, I do think he's been a really nice surprise for us. I, didn't, I knew he could score, but he's been so effective, and there's – um, I should have brought up the stats, but they're saying his effectiveness with Luca on the court is just incredible. Like he can ball out when Luca's on the court because he gets on those clean looks. That uh, and Tim Hardaway is a guy he can catch and shoot. Just like if you need a guy to shoot, he says I got you. Uh, <laughs> and that's one. That's one reason I like him on this lineup. Now the question of do I think he can be the third option? I don't know. It's I don't think he's big enough to be the third option. If that makes sense. Uh, like Jacob mentioned earlier, and another person commented about how uh, they said, I wonder why THA and Curry can never go off in the same night. Uh, I think they're both, they have similar roles. It's yeah, just, that's the biggest thing. It's like they have similar roles, and they both need to score. And if one of them's going off, clearly the other one's not going to get the ball as much, you know? Yeah, and if Tim Hardaway's going off, that... Like, they just feed the hot hand. Yeah, that's what so they're then know. if he doesn't sign in, he doesn't lock into his player option, does that mean... Seth, I don't know if Seth Curry's a free agent coming up. But no, he's, no, he Mavericks. just signed a, like a three okay. or four year deal. So then, do you just let him go because you know that he's gonna? You have Seth Curry to the points. Maybe not the defense, but the points. Do you trade that value and then use that money elsewhere? Yeah, I I think that it it really depends on what THJ wants. To me, if THJ wants to be a Maverick and he wants to take a take a pay cut because he will take a pay cut because I if I have known anything about Mark Cuban and the Mavericks is they want to go after the big-name free agents. Have they ever got them? No. But they want to have that money secured so they can say, hey, we can offer you as much as we can. 
And then for that to be the case, Tim Hardaway will have to take a pay cut to stay with the Mavericks, I think. Um, so if he's willing to do that, then yes. But if they have negotiations, if they can't agree on next season, because I'm assuming that he'll opt into his player option, if next season they can't agree to an extension, then I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks traded Tim Hardaway Jr. for a guy with maybe some uh, years on his contract or something So, like so kind of my question was, can Curry fill that third option right now that THJ is fulfilling? To me, no. not no. right now, no. I don't think so. Not either. even next year. Does it mean he's just Seven. now getting into his shell and it's already halfway through the season? Yeah, out of his shell. And yeah. kind of, in yeah. my opinion, he's just a, a three-level scorer kind of way, and he doesn't provide any defense like THJ. Or at least he does. I, and from my, what I see, you know? Yeah. He's, he's got, THJ's got length and he's got quickness and speed, and, you know, he can. he's taller too than Curry. Like, so. to me, the whole Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Seth Curry thing is one of them is very clearly a starter, and one of them, to me, is very clearly a bench player. And there's nothing wrong with that. But a six-player bench player. I think mm. I, I don't, man. I, if, I think if Seth Curry's your sixth man, you got a weak bench. So who? Okay. That's just me. Yeah. Like, I mean, now granted, with the Mavericks system, it is very, uh, um, what is the term where it's like, by community. Uh-huh. So, like, because for us, like, Brunson comes out. And then he gets a bunch of minutes some nights. But then another night we need defense. So uh, DeLon Wright comes out. And then other nights we need three-point scoring. So Curry comes out and, and used to be like Brokeroff, but Rick Brokeroff. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think Curry is very good, but I also think he's overrated at the same time. Yeah. I think Maverick yeah. fans view him as this incredible player. When, like, he's really good for his role, and there's nothing wrong with it. You need guys like that on your bench. But I think if he's your best bench player, you have a problem. You also described uh, Broke Ruff. What do you mean? I think overrated, but he's loved by the Mavs fans. Oh, but I think Mavericks fans know he's not good. They just like him. Like, because I love Broke Ruff. I still love him, you know. Uh, but I knew he's not, like, a, a player, you know. Like, he's a guy who can come in and shoot some threes. But I never viewed him as a player. I think the difference is with that is Maverick fans view Seth Curry as like, oh, he could easily be a starter on your team, and that's no problem. Yeah, yeah he could do okay, but if I don't know. To me, he's a very solid bench player, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Maverick fans should know that Jason Terry. Like, that's the definition of that. Do I think Seth Curry's that level? No. no. But he, he can try and aspire to be that. Like, if I'm Seth Curry, that's, my, that's what I'm looking at. That's your goal. Yeah, like, to be, like, a Jason Terry-like. But uh, I do just think that um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is just better than him. And I, I don't think he'll be a third option. But anything else that y'all have on THJ? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so let's talk about the big thing is um, how will the Mavericks do now that we're kind of at a halfway point of the season? We have the rest of the season to look for, and the playoff picture is going to start kind of winding itself out, and we're going to see who lands where. Where do you where do you think that the Mavericks are going to be at the end of the season? Like uh, ranking wise, like yeah, yeah. Where do you guys think will be in the that Mavericks will be in the standings right now? Uh, after the All Star break, we are in seventh behind the Thunder, um, and our matchup currently would be the Denver Nuggets. So just as far as seeding, not worrying about matchups, where do you think the Mavericks will end up in seeding? Because right above the Mavericks is the Thunder, where we're tied record wise. And then the Rockets, who were a game behind, or a game or two, two behind. And half, two and a half. Two and a half games behind, thank you. Oh, no, game and a half. But uh, to answer your question, I, I see them six through eight, mm-hmm. but ideally I think they fall at seven. 
I do think they fall at seven. They, they seven or six. Yeah, seven. I still see them at seven. I could see them climbing up before they fall down to eight. I could see them at six before I see them eight, but I think seven is where they're they're going to stay at. Jacob? I mean, I think the highest they could go is probably fifth because I think the Rockets are going to drop down to six or seven. But I think it's going to be either the Thunder and I, Thunder and the Mavs are going to stay pretty much neck and neck throughout the rest of the season, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just going to be like who can really win it on that last night to move up in the rankings, like the last night of the regular season. You think it's going to come down to the very end to the last game? I think it could, possibly, yeah. just because, like, yeah, I mean, one year, already yeah. they're tied, and we've played them, and we're pretty much e- evenly matched, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, um, well, it's like a couple years back when we yeah, were us playing the Phoenix. Or the Suns and somebody else, I couldn't remember. No, it was us in Phoenix, and it literally came down to Mavericks versus Phoenix was the last game of the regular season. Jacob, yeah. you and I went to that game, yeah. and we snuck down and got the really close seats because an usher didn't kick us out. So, yeah. uh, And the Mavericks won that game, and they got to go to the playoffs. So I think that the Mavericks are either going to end in 6th or 7th, and I agree with Jacob where it's literally just Thunder versus the Mavericks. I think the Rockets, even though I do not believe in their system at all, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing how it happens, how it rolls out. That system is not built for success in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I do think regular season games, James Harden can win you regular season games and secure a 5 or 4 seed. Jazz are a couple games ahead of the Rockets right now. But James Harden alone, even if he's got freaking P.J. Tucker as a center, he will still win a bunch of regular season games going forward. So I think that the Mavericks will end up in either 6th or 7th. So with that being said, um, I think one of the things we need to look forward to going throughout the regular season, throughout the rest of this regular season, is we have a big hole to fill in Dwight Powell. He, even though like he's a very much a player that Maverick fans love, but if you're not a Mavericks fan, you're like, who is this guy, and why does he keep finishing at the rim? <laughs> like, he keeps finishing all these crazy looking layups. Um, so who do you guys think needs to step up in Dwight Powell's absence? Claudio? Uh, I would say, and it's not even by position, but it just kind of falls on him, mm-hmm. is uh, Willie Colestein. Yeah. I know there's going to be some time that he needs to get adjusted to the offense and um, everyone's chemistry, like where, you know, Luke is on the court or THJ or any of them. So he, know, he knows where to be at on the court at, at the right time. But mm-hmm. um, he's also a rim runner yeah. and a lob threat, just kind of like Dwight Powell was. He's not as a good finisher as Dwight Powell, but that's where he can improve, especially with the spacing in the offense. Yeah. And how Carlo is such an offensive mastermind. Yeah. Um, I think this is his this opportunity to shine and say, you know what, I could be possibly a starter. I know that I, have, I know that KP's at the, the five right now. Yeah, it's been going and, well. Him and Maxi like trade off starting at the five, I think. Yeah. But it'd be um, nice to see uh Willie Colestein step up. Yeah. This is his chance, so. Yeah. Jacob? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Claudio. Like, this is, we have to really rely on Willie because, like, that's literally what we made the trade for is so he could take Dwight Powell's spot. So, I mean, like, really the biggest thing is, like, Willie has to show, like, not even just for us, but, like, this is, like, his contract here. Like, he needs to show right. out if he wants to go get that extra money in the offseason and just to, so he can solidify himself as a good five that any team needs to have on their team. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I will say I, I think if we're relying on Willie – we're doomed from the start um just because he it's tough to he's in a tough spot he's entering a playoff team already who's already the seventh seed and has some hype around them 
and he has to learn a system. I know a lot of people are like, all you do is roll to the rim, but there's more than that. Like, you need to know where to stand when you're not in the play and how to be effective and how to, like, like I think a great example is Dorian Finney-Smith. He is literally, like, never involved in the offense, um, except for, like, a few dribble handoffs and corner threes. But if you watch Maverick games, that dude gets offensive rebounds like it's nobody's business because he knows where to be on the court because he knows the offense. That's something that Willie's going to have to adjust to like both y'all had already talked about. Um, to me, who can fill Dwight Powell's absence? This is not basing it off position because obviously you guys are right. Like Willie was brought in, like Jacob said, to fill Dwight Powell's spot because we just need that body there. But I think the person who needs to step up in Dwight Powell's absence is Jalen Brunson. For me, Jalen Brunson is a huge Mavericks fan favorite, and I love Jalen Brunson. JB's like one of my favorite guys. When I see him score, I don't know what it is, but I get the most hyped when he starts to go off. Like, I'm like, let's go, JB! Uh, <laughs> but for me, I think Jalen Brunson needs to step up because for me, he's been kind of up and down this season. He's had a lot of... I think for him, it's been difficult because he feels like he had a really good rookie season, and then they bring in DeLon Wright, and then they bring in Seth Curry, all guys who need the ball to be effective and are pretty much his position. Seth obviously can rotate a little bit more, but I think it's been a really tough adjustment for them. That being said, the Mavericks have been successful with the bench, but for Jalen Brunson as an individual, I think that's been a pretty big adjustment that uh, I definitely want to take into account, but I do think that he is that guy who can step up for our team and really give us that extra punch and that energy that Powell gave us. What do you guys think about that and Jalen Brunson stepping up? I like it. I just the only the only concern I have is Dwight Powell's position. He's a big. Yeah. So it didn't really clear up any minutes unless the Mavs were prepared to play more small ball. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I think that that's true. Like we that is the biggest thing of like filling those minutes. Um, you know, it's funny as I've seen like a lot of people more so on Mavericks Twitter than Mavericks Instagram or Facebook, but people are like play Boban, and I'm like I love Bobby. But you cannot he play him. Us down. He's one. He's awful on defense, and he can only play like ten like minutes. Ten maybe. minutes. Maybe he's really good in short spurts. He's he's he can be good in short spurts, and he can be awful in short spurts. That's the thing. But either way, it's a short spurt. Um, the, my thing is though, even though like you're right, like positionally, Jalen Brunson isn't necessarily the answer. But I do think the biggest thing Dwight Powell brought to the Mavericks was his never quit attitude diving on the ground he was that guy for the Mavericks who was all heart because like he's not he's definitely not the most skilled guy in the NBA but he is like a, you can tell he's like a hard worker like that's where he got to where he is because he just like just works hard and I think Jalen Brunson is similar where he's he has more natural skill like you can just see he's got some finesse about his game but uh, I think he really also has that underdog mentality of being uh, honestly a, small guy. a shorter guy and mm -hmm. being a, a, a backup player, um, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think he's kind of got that mentality. And I think him being able to step up in not necessarily a leadership role, but definitely a leadership role in the court. When just what the those. team needs him. Yeah, just when the team needs him, I think he can be a guy to step up. Um, also, like MKG, Michael K. Gilchrist is a guy that we just signed in the buyout season. Do you guys think he could have a significant impact on the team going into the offseason? Like Boban, like in short spurts. You think so? Yeah, I don't see him as a... I don't see him getting any quality. I don't see him really playing over Jalen Brunson. Oh, well, I don't think he... Like, it's kind of like how you were saying, like, I don't think his minutes affect Jalen Brunson. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't see him really 
playing more than 10, 15, 10 to 12. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's... That's what I'm saying, short spurts. Oh. Oh, see... So like, he, he, yeah, he'll be nice, I guess, when... Nice filler, when we're up or down or whatever, you know, and you need someone else to play. I don't know, I don't really see him contributing to this playoff team like that. Yeah. But it's a nice, like, guy to have on the end of the bench. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Jacob? Honestly, I could really just see the match as, like, going more small ball when it comes closer to the playoff time, so I think he'd fit real well in the small ball lineup that we'd have. Like... You see him, uh, like, I don't even know how tall he is. Um, but he could be maybe like a four, you're saying, or yeah. a five? Like him and, like, Dorian and him would probably play, like, the same role, kind of. I could see them three and a four, like, mm-hmm. switching, but. Yeah, so MKG is six seven, and. Dorian's about the same. Six, yeah, eight. So, I mean, they're almost kind of the same player, except Dorian can't hit his shot more yeah. consistently. I think they are similar types of players. Dorian Pel- Dorian six eight. I yeah. thought, yeah. So he's even taller than MKG. For some reason, yeah. I thought MKG was taller too. Um, I guess he's like I don't know. He might be longer wingspan wise. But either way, I think, I think Dorian Finney-Smith. I see why you say like he's a comparable player to MKG. Mm-hmm. But MKG is an absolute negative on offense. Mm-hmm. That dude provides nothing on offense. Like now, granted. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've watched MKG a lot throughout his career or watched any sort of Hornets games. I can pretend like I have. But from what I have seen and what I've looked up and like read in articles and stuff from like Ringer and you know ESPN and stuff like that is he is just not there offensively, but defensively is where he shines. Mm-hmm. So I think like how you're saying, Claudio, in short spurts he could be effective as far as like we need to get a stop. DeLon Wright, you're in. Uh, Tim Hardaway, you're in. Dorian, you're in. MKG, you're in. Maxi, you're in. Kind of like if you just you guys are up two with 20 seconds left. Right. Take out Jalen Brunson. He's been playing all night. Put in MKG. Right. Just hold the defense down. Yeah, and I think he'll... Uh, okay, here's a question for you guys. At the end of the season, with their tenure with the Mavericks, who do you think will average more minutes? MKG or Willie Cauley-Stein? Willie. Jacob. Mm, that's probably I think MKG just because I think MKG can just play longer so like he'll be able to have more minutes than the other one Willie yeah so I mean like like I really feel like the Mavs are going to just play small what's well, easier also with MKG you can put him two through four yeah. right so as Willie just a five, just five. five. Yeah. but why do you think Willie will get more minutes uh, I just I feel like there's more need for him agreed I'm on the same page with you it's I, I see what Jacob's saying as far as like he can play in multiple facets, but when Maxi subs out at the five, we have no other option besides him. Boban. Yes. <laughs> we have, I stand corrected. Uh, Boban. Now that's a two through four player. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I just think by necessity. But who do you think's impact will be bigger by the by the? We'll say going into the playoffs. Who do you think like playoff wise could have have a bigger impact? Willie Collarstein or Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Hopefully Willie. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really <laughs> think Willie just so we actually so we can compete down low. If we're lining the guy that just got bought out. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good point. And one thing I wanted to point out is we talked about it a little bit in the in the episode zero podcast, the little test podcast that we did. Um, is Willie Cauley Stein, he's never played with a, a passer before. Uh-huh. Like yeah. especially like Luca, but just in general. We loved Aaron, I loved Aaron Fox, uh, but he's a scorer, you know. Um, and he's now going into an offensive system with Rick Carlisle as opposed to Luke Walton and the Kings who have had changing coaches the past few years. So I think it's really exciting for Willie. 
And like Jacob was saying, I think if he if he has a good playoff series, he could get paid. Yeah. He could get a contract like Nerlens Noel got from OKC. Mm-hmm. God bless we didn't give Nerlens Noel that contract, you know. Yeah. Um, but he could have a similar situation to where somebody offers him a bunch of money like that if he has a good playoff series. What is that that meme with the, the guy with the flex tape and there's like a bucket? Oh, yeah, that that's meme. That's a Mavs just filling in like a center spot. Dude, every that's year. literally what it is. Just slapping in some, yeah. some void. It's just Mark Cuban is the flex tape guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want to close this out with talking about the playoffs like we have been. Out of the people who are seated above us, which I'll list here in a second, who would you like the Mavericks to see in the first round, and who would you not like the Mavericks to see in the first round? So our options, I'm going to go in by their current standings as of today. The Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Jazz, Rockets, and Thunder, and then it's Mavericks in the seventh seed. Who would you like to see in the playoffs, and why? If we were to get messed up, i say, since I already believe that the uh, Mavericks are going to stay seven, six or seven, mm-hmm. I would say Nuggets or Jazz, ideally. I think you guys could. No- I think we could knock off the Nuggets. Um, be a tough surprise, kind of like the Nuggets when they face the Spurs. I think we could be the Spurs for them. Yeah, because um, the Spurs really put up a strong fight last year. They took them to seven games, and yeah. I think the Mavericks could possibly do the same. And it, the difference between the Mavericks and the Spurs of last year is Mavericks have Luka Doncic, yeah, a closer. The Spurs didn't have a closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine is just kind of like I'd rather take the Nuggets or the Lakers because if we play the Jazz. That's a rough game to watch. They like, uh, what's his name? Gobert just goes off on us. He destroys KP. But I mean, so will Jokic as well, because we don't have really a big man. Yeah. So I mean, they're just gonna every matchup for us except for the Clippers will get exposed in the big man position. Yeah. But the difference is with the Clippers is they'll expose us everywhere else. Um, At the the wing. Right, like at the wings, especially obviously, like like the two and three, like you're gonna have Kawhi and Paul George. And Patrick Beverly on Luca the entire game. Mm-hmm. So Landry Shamit's pretty good too. Landry Shamit's a nice player. Um, um, he's like a Seth Curry for their team. Lou Williams. Gonna yeah, eat you of up. course. He's worse now. Montrez yeah. is still gonna be nice. And Reggie Jackson. They just had Reggie Jackson, yeah. dude. Their team is so deep. Um, that so for me, I would like to see the Nuggets, like Claudio said. Um, obviously, like if we could somehow match up with the Rockets, that'd be amazing. But seating wise, I doubt it happens. Um, but the Nuggets, I think, are the biggest one. Even though I. I personally, I don't think we could beat any of these teams except for, like, like realistically, I don't think we could beat any of these teams except for the Nuggets. Maybe the Jazz, but I, I hate the matchup with the Jazz. For some reason, the Jazz just seem to, their defense on us is just so good. I mean, that's every team because the Jazz are an amazing defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that the Nuggets are, are, but I also think every team says that and every team sleeps on the Nuggets, so... They have Jokic, who's he's not an MVP guy, but he puts up crazy numbers and he's incredible for his team. Jamal Murray's a he's streaky in my opinion, but he gets buckets, you know. And they also are great defensively. A good example is whenever the Mavericks played the Nuggets just a couple months back, is they locked the Mavericks down. Like when it was crunch time, mm-hmm. Mavericks could do nothing. So all they need to do is just lock them up for four games out of seven, and yeah. there it is. Easier said than done. Well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's the same thing with the other way. Because I feel like whenever we pose this question on like Instagram or something, people are like, oh, we have Luka, so we could take on the Jazz. Well, it's like, well, you're also not considering Rudy Gobert has stopped us from winning like two different games just by himself. Like literally, like he got clutch blocks in the end, and he also just throws KP around in the paint. And Gobert's not even like... 
big. Like a, he is. He's like, strong for sure, like for his size, but he's not like a thick dude. Like, like Stephen Adams. No, right, exactly. He's not like a Stephen Adams or even like a Tristan Thompson type to where they're just like stockier. But Gobert, like when I watch him in the paint, he looks, he makes Gobert look like an offensive threat, mm-hmm. which he's not. <laughs> like, you know? But that's, that's also why I was curious to ask you your opinion on the Rockets. Why you think, because KP's not really like a beast in the paint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could see him. I could see KP getting walked out by P.J. Tucker. <laughs> I could see it, yeah. No, so. for sure. I definitely think, but I don't even think that, I think we could beat the Mavericks not because of a size advantage. Because I don't view us as having a size advantage. Are we one of the tallest teams in the league? Yes. But do we have a size advantage? No. <laughs> because all of our tall guys can't do anything in the paint. Like, Boban, yes, he can do something in the paint. But like we said for two Barely. minutes, like, um, KP is not strong in the paint. Yeah, but who's to say like the way to beat the Rockets that could possibly be to slow down and Boban could thrive in that. Does that make Does that make sense? I, I hear what you're saying. I just disagree. Yeah. Just because I just don't. Yeah, I know. But let's let's say with the Mavs slowed down. I mean, they're still gonna speed it up on their end. Yeah, you know? Boban. Somebody's still gonna, still gonna have to catch up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear what you're saying though. I think the biggest thing for the. Mavericks, if somehow we got matched up with the Rockets, which the only way we would do that is if the Rockets took the Jazz in fourth, and then we would need to be sixth, right? Yeah. Or, which no, that, we'd, no, we'd, we'd be, be fifth. fifth. Oh, then yeah, we're never going to get there. So <laughs> I, feel like the, I feel like the Mavs could get to fifth, but I also feel like the Thunder are definitely going to lock up. I, yeah, I feel like Honestly, I feel like the Ma- the Rockets are going to go down to seventh. And no. Mavericks are going to fall to sixth? No, Mavericks, to sixth? Are, yeah, Mavericks are going to go up to sixth, Thunder up to the fifth. And that's going to be the final. Okay. Uh, I, that's my prediction. I definitely I think we get up to six. I think that could happen. I just think that the Rockets are too consistent. And the Mavericks have too much to figure out with Dwight Powell going down. They they have to figure out. And they're still, to me, they're still figuring out their backup guard rotation. I know the Mavericks have a solid bench, but I still feel like they're figuring out their backup wings and guards because they're still trying to figure out, is Justin Jackson a guy who can play minutes? Yeah, we like, forget about Justin Jackson. God bless, too. We talk about man. I mean, he's pretty much we, like Broker. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though, because like, we dropped Broker off, which I didn't like just because, like you were saying earlier, I'm a fan favorite of him, but I know he's not. He's a guy who couldn't even stay healthy, so he had one job. At the third, at the last position. Yeah, like literally, yeah, and he just couldn't stay healthy. That I think if he stays healthy, he probably stays on the team, honestly. But either way, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, our bench is... Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, we'll go from the top. It's Jalen Brunson, DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, Justin Jackson, and Willie Cauley-Stein. Can them, could you take Justin Jackson's spot? Or? Anyone yeah. can take Justin Jackson's spot. <laughs> but, yes, I see what you're saying. But, like, yeah, MKG could be in that role. But I think that's a role that he's going to have to be to try and fit on this team. Yeah, you're right. He, uh, he is at, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's... Got to battle Justin Jackson. For there, there's gonna be times where Justin Jackson's having a good game, and then Coach yeah. Carlo's like, you know what? I'm gonna play MKG tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's gonna interchange throughout the yeah. season. I feel. I think the thing where people will be like um, talking about Justin Jackson versus MKG is like, well, Justin Jackson gives you stuff on offense. No, he does not. I'm sorry to say, he does not. Yeah. He, uh, yes, he, he. He he might hit one three a game, dude. Not even a game, like one every three games, dude, and. And he does yeah. those dang floaters that he just, I don't know what it is when he practices them in the gym. I guess he doesn't do it with somebody guarding him. I think he, he attacks soft. And he yes. goes in very timidly. So when Absolutely. he throws it, they're always short. 
Yeah, like he, it's weird. Like he doesn't ag- aggressively go for a floater. Like he, do, it's it's like I don't want to get hit. Let me throw it up. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Anyways, now that we're done roasting Justin Jackson for <laughs> no reason, um, I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. Uh, how do you guys feel? You got anything else you wanted to say about the Mavericks upcoming season? Looking forward to the uh, yeah. playoff run. Yeah, honestly, the playoff run is gonna be exciting and seeing how Carlisle maneuvers with these rotations. I think. I think it's going to be tough. And I know in the playoffs, you know, it ultimately gets down to like seven, eight players. Um, We're going to have to decide who those players are. The tough thing is I think those our best bench players are all like under six foot. They are, sadly. Roughly. I mean, I know Seth Curry and Delon Wright are like right there. But Jalen Brunson, to me, is our best bench player. And then it's Seth Curry and then it's Delon Wright. Mm. But honestly, from game to game, those guys change places on who's our best bench player. Yeah. But then after that, it's pretty rough to me. For the playoffs, I'll say. Regular season, I think we can win some games. And, like, that bench is going to do really well. But when those bench have to play against more starters because um, the rotations are smaller mm-hmm. from the opposing team, and now all of a sudden uh, Justin Jackson's going up against P.J. Tucker, he's going to get eaten alive, you know? You, you know the one thing looking at the standings, yeah. I know, and we're kind of handing on the mark, um, you guys are – the Mavs are a better – away team than home team and I, I don't understand why the maps have such a good like home yeah, we're, crowd we're like it's it's beyond me why yeah. they're 18 15 and 14 on, on at home road. and 18 and 8 on the road it's that is really weird so if they can get that up <laughs> that helps continue. That's, that that's, helps though because I think with the 7th seed we're the away team most of the time yeah. right so let's say like you hypothetically look at how we were saying the Nuggets could be a possible matchup for us on their away record they're 17 and 10 and their home record, they're twenty-one and seven, so we have similar uh, away records. Their home record is dominant, though. So if the Mavericks can somehow use their strong away record against their home record, then maybe there's an advantage there. But also, uh, Denver has a strong home crowd as well, as you can tell by their twenty-one and seven home record. Uh, that is, I would say, now that you pointed that out, that is the biggest distinguishing factor between. The Mavericks and all the higher seeds. All the higher seeds have very, very good home records, except for the Thunders is about like ours. Thunders is 17 and 12 at home. We're 15 and 14. And the Grizzlies, too. Right. The Grizzlies have a better record. Only one game. Yeah. Um, But, like, the the top teams are 18 and 7, 21 and 7, 22, 5, 25, 19 and 8. That is, I think, the leap that the Mavericks are going to need to make next year. I didn't even think about breaking out home versus away, so good looking at Claudio. But uh, that's where I think the Mavericks are going to have to dominate and build upon next season is winning at home consistently. seems like Mavericks get up for those away games because it's more of a challenge maybe. Mm-hmm. And then all, then they let a game slip to like the Grizzlies at home where they get blown out like they did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so I don't know. It's something to look forward to. Um, we'll come back with you all next week. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please follow the Instagram page. Subscribe to the podcast. You know all this stuff. Like Twitter. Follow, yeah, follow our Twitter. Jacob's running the Twitter at Must Have Mavs. Claudia and I are running the Instagram page at Must Have Mavs. And stay here on the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Why? Because it doesn't hurt you at all. Why not? You don't need, you know, like, go steal your mom's phone. Make her subscribe too. Just and shout out to all the, uh, all the people commenting and yeah. leaving us, whether it be on the story or on the post. Uh, we yeah, appreciate we, that. We yeah, value we, it. Yeah, we love that stuff. That's one thing that we want to try and incorporate more, like we did in today's episode, into the podcast, because that's where. Our mass fan base is like the must have mass like culture is right there in the comments. So we appreciate that and keep commenting and we'll shout you out on the podcast. They don't go unseen.
Yeah, they definitely don't go unseen for sure. So positive, negative, we just like the discussion. So thank you for listening. I'm Joseph. Claudio. Claudio. Jacob. So we'll listen to y'all next time. Peace. Okay, before we forget, we want to do a quick shout out to Medici Sounds, M-E-D-I-C-I Sounds at uh, on Instagram. He was uh, the guy that did our intro, and we're going to keep it from now on, so just a quick shout out. Big shout out to him. We're going to link in the description of the Instagram post to follow his Instagram page. So give him a thank you for giving us the intro music. Go hit him up.